The MarTech Podcast is a proud member of the I Hear Everything Podcast Network. Looking to launch or scale your podcast? I Hear Everything delivers podcast production, growth, and monetization solutions that transform your words into profit. Ready to give your brand a voice? Then visit IHearEverything.com. From advertising to software as a service to data, Across all of our programs and clients, we've seen a 55 to 65% open rate. Getting brands authentically integrated into content performs better than TV advertising. Typical lifespan of an article is about 24 to 36 hours. If we're reaching out to the right person with the right message and a clear call to action, then it's just a matter of timing. Welcome to the MarTech Podcast, a Ben J. Shap LLC production. In this podcast, you'll hear the stories of world-class marketers that use technology to drive business results and achieve career success. We'll unearth the real-world experiences of some of the brightest minds in the marketing and technology space so you can learn the tools, tips, and tricks they've learned along the way. Now here's the host of the MarTech Podcast, Benjamin Shapiro. Welcome to New Media Week on the MarTech Podcast. Today, we're going to talk about the strategies, tactics, and technologies you need to think about when launching a media business. Joining us today is Colin Kinsella, who is an advisor to the Essentials Newsletters, which are a series of industry newsletters that use AI to identify the most influential thinkers on social media to find content that cuts through the noise and delivers the media that trusted thought leaders and experts are reading. Yesterday, Colin and I talked about his career as a marketing media maven, how he went from being an advertising executive to the head of a media brand, and now he's consulting for other new media brands. And today we're going to talk about some of the things that he's seen and changes in the media landscape. All right, here's the second installment of New Media Week with Colin Kinsella from Essentials Newsletters. Colin, welcome back to the MarTech Podcast. Thank you. Nice to be here. Excited to have you back. I want to continue our conversation. Yesterday, we talked about you, about your experience becoming an executive in really high-profile, large advertising agencies. Eventually, you made the transition to be a media man, not only helping brands figure out their strategy, but also focusing on where the placements are. Over that time, you've been around, seen some things. The media landscape has changed a lot. Let's start off early in your career when you think about what media was, what some of the hot, most effective marketing placements were. What did it look like when you were earlier in your career? Media was relatively straightforward. It was TV, it was radio, it was print, and it was out of home. So you have the four big channels. Did you see a big difference in terms of what one was for or what was impactful for a specific type of brand? So in the early days of my career, TV was kind of everything. Whatever you did in TV permeated through the other mediums, whether it was out of home, print, whatever it was, TV was like the centerpiece of every single campaign. And then from there, you would have offshoots. I think of, you know, the four channels that you mentioned, sort of the pre-internet era, television, radio, out of home, specifically billboards and newspapers. Maybe with the exception of print and newspapers, but I think that the vast majority of I would consider today to be awareness drivers. You want to cover a large market with a big idea, 
but it's very hard to do direct response, specifically with billboards. I don't know how you're doing billboards pre-internet without some sort of tracking mechanism. So talk to me about what you were thinking back in the day pre-internet when it comes to driving a direct response campaign, or is everything just awareness, awareness, awareness? Everything was predominantly awareness because it was such a broad scope. And the only kind of differentiation was usually around a DMA or a particular marketing area. And the four horsemen, TV, out of home, newspaper, et cetera, you would just harness those four together. And it really wasn't until maybe 1996, maybe 1995, when Google came to the marketplace, what a huge difference it all started becoming. And maybe even Yahoo at the time. And the whole notion of what was going to happen in digital. How do you create a digital brand? How do you market digital brands? Do digital brands even need to be marketed? Google didn't do a lot of advertising. Yahoo didn't do a lot of advertising at the time. So the whole shift really started moving. And then agencies needed to figure out how to create advertising for these new digital mediums. So before the internet era, when you're thinking of media, you know, you're talking about TV, print, billboards, radio. To me, it sounds like there is someone who's creating the content and you're buying advertising that's placed in it. Or not really, because as an ad agency, you're creating the content. So give me an example of creating the content. You're not creating a TV show as an ad agency, are you? Not a TV show, but you're creating a Levi's jeans ads. And they have an incredible storyline and they've got richness and depth. And if there's another company trying to go against them, say the Gap, you can see big differences between who's going to buy Levi's and who's going to buy the Gap. And so understanding which target you're going after and what media you think that target is going to absorb more quickly or more in alignment with that brand, all of a sudden you start to make a much tighter connection with that person. So the pre-internet era, media and the integration of media is really an advertising play. Eventually you get into the digital age. Now you mentioned Google and Yahoo already, but it seems like a big portion of media is actually starting to create your own media or at least your own web assets. As the rise of the internet happens, how does the definition of media change? It got broader, for sure. There were more opportunities for you to put an advertisement in front of somebody. So instead of just having these four main vehicles, you now had another vehicle, digital, but it was massive. And it could be incredibly focused, and it could also be incredibly broad. And that was kind of a rare one-two punch. Yeah, it's kind of the classic problem that we have right now. The internet's so big. And even from the early days, it felt like you could reach anyone, which is a great way to spend a lot of money. Maybe not necessarily a great way to efficiently spend something that hopefully we've got better at. In the early days, you're getting brands to build their own websites. They're also marketing themselves on what used to be called portals, but you had the AOL, Yahoo, Google came along, pre-social media what were the effective digital channels and when did you start making the shift from relying on television, radio, print, and at a home to digital? It happened relatively quickly because for Yahoo, especially in the early days, Google, there was no kind of advertising play with Google, but with Yahoo, they went to advertising much quicker and it was like a rocket ship. 
people were starting to really immerse themselves in digital channels. There weren't a ton, but there were a significant number. But you had big ones like AOL, Google, et cetera, that had the dominant share. Do I remember the walled garden scenario working at eBay, kind of the beginning of the social media era, but a lot of what a company like eBay, who was a big media buyer, was focused on was not only how do we have the advertising plays in the Yahoo's and AOL's of the world, but it was also about fixed placements. It was also how do we integrate some of our digital assets into their platform because Yahoo would only show you information from Yahoo. They weren't necessarily linking you off to other sites. You'd have to be signed on to AOL and get all of your content from AOL. So you have not only the media landscape being buying advertising in these companies, but also figuring out what your placement would be in their walled garden portal. So eventually we get into the next generation of media, which is the rise of really user-generated content and social media. Talk to me about what you think the tipping point was moving beyond that web 1.0 walled garden portal environment into the broader landscape that we've been faced with more recently. I think the $1 billion that Mark Zuckerberg used to buy Instagram, that was the big aha moment. They just dropped a billion dollars on something that nobody really knew much about, but they saw the potential in that. I think everything shifted very quickly. I think that the rise of Facebook was, and you get to the point of when it like hit the tipping point, but to me, Facebook and its predecessor, MySpace, and obviously there was Friendster, but really the rise of social media changed the media environment where it went from the media was who was writing the articles for Yahoo or for AOL or for ESPN. And then everyone became a publisher. They were maybe creating YouTube videos, but likely creating their own pages, creating their own feeds. Maybe you get into WordPress where people are creating their own websites. But we went from this sort of dynamic shift of journalists and content producers were the media to everyone is the media. And then at some point we get this, you know, inflection point, you mentioned Facebook buying Instagram, and all of a sudden it's a billion dollar acquisition. We're talking about a tremendous amount of money that's going into this user generated content space. That's an inflection point. From an advertising perspective or from a media buying perspective, how have you seen brands be successful taking advantage of the rise of social media? They took advantage just because that's where the eyeballs were. And it was kind of relatively straightforward in the sense that maybe the biggest issue that was going to happen is that brands don't want to get close to controversial issues. And social media was a little bit of a wild west. So trying to find ways to advertise around content that could be or not could be appropriate was a very, I think maybe like a five to 10 year delta for the internet to get that right. A special thanks to our presenting sponsor, Mutinex. Ready to take your team from I think to I know? Then join brands like Samsung, ING, and Asahi who make better marketing decisions with Mutinex. Mutinex Growth OX, the marketing mixed modeling platform that makes measuring ROI fast, easy, and cost-effective. Request a demo at mutinex.co. That's M-U-T-I-N-E-X dot co. Time for a one-minute break to hear from our presenting sponsor, Mutinex. 
1919, John Wanamaker said, half the money I spend on advertising is wasted. I just don't know which half. Well, the advertising landscape has changed since then. And instead of reaching your audience on two channels, you're probably reaching them on 20. Turns out John didn't know how easy he had it. But that doesn't mean that you should give up on striving towards marketing effectiveness. No matter how complex your marketing strategy is, Mutinex Growth OX is the market mix modeling platform that measures the impact of marketing on your bottom line. Mutinex's market mix modeling platform calibrates your insights against the latest market conditions so you can make media and marketing investment decisions confidently and quickly. Ready to take your team from I think to I know? Then join brands like Samsung, ING, and Asahi who make better marketing decisions with Mutinex. Mutinex Growth OX, your best decision starts here. To learn more about Mutinex, go to mutinex.co. That's M-U-T-I-N-E-X dot co. Okay, here's the rest of today's interview. So then we hop forward to today. We now have the rise of social media, obviously TV, print, radio. They're still around, but they're not the dominant channel. When you think about defining the media today, you know, who is the media and what is media? That's a, a very easy and yet quite deep question. It's a tough one. <laughs> I think what is media is relatively the same, and that is that it is anywhere in which somebody has created something to inform you of something that you then can make a decision about. And how they find you is now all new and different. Where you go and how the industry can follow you around is all new and different. And finding a place there in which you're able to keep things at bay, because what's happening now is I think people are getting so much media that there is not an exhaustion, but a hard to stay in focus for brands, because things are moving so quickly that the brand message itself is almost too transitory. So that's interesting. From a media buyer's perspective, there's the rise of not only more channels of media, all of the digital channels, but media is more pervasive in our life. So essentially what I'm hearing is in marketing speak, the total number of impressions, whether it be advertising, explicit advertising, or just media mentions that somebody is seeing, the total number of impressions has increased exponentially. A phenomenal rise in the amount of media that we're actually consuming. And so as a result, the marketers need to, I guess, be a little bit more specific or more targeted with their message. I think they're unbelievably targeted. I think that's one of the issues that there's a pro and the con to that because everybody's media consumption and therefore advertising consumption is completely different. Whereas 10 years ago, it was kind of the same for everybody. And 20 years, even more so, and 50 years ago, you only got three things. But it really has shifted to the point where when you're doing a campaign or you're doing media to talk to a target market, you can get unbelievably finite, doesn't do you much good from a growth perspective, or you can go very broad, which also doesn't help you very much because you're wasting a lot of money. And so media's job now is to find that absolute exact connection and code to figure out how to address your target. 
Yeah, to me, the challenges of media are different. You know, you used to think of an impulse buy was a candy bar when you're going through the grocery store, right? There was no impulse purchase because there was so much required and we didn't have the ability to buy things through our phones constantly. And there was no Amazon and two-day delivery. And right, the whole notion of commerce has changed over the last 25 years, where now we're not only faced with more products are available, we're constantly being hit with advertising. So A, we have the ability to constantly be in consumption mode. And so that changes the dynamic for advertisers, for media buyers, because not only do they have to build awareness, there used to be much less competition for your awareness. You'd have to buy a TV ad. And so you were looking at Levi's or Gap or Wrangler. And those were the brands that you were aware of because those were the brands that could afford television ads. Right, but you also had Frosted Flakes and everything in the grocery store. Absolutely. There was other brands where you're trying to drive awareness. So when someone is actually in a purchase opportunity, they recall your brand and they choose it over other ones. Now today, I get an ad for what's it, magic cereal, magic spoon, all of the time. Get cereal delivered to your door, click here. I think about jeans. I don't even know where to go buy jeans. I was actually having this conversation with my wife who works in strategy for Old Navy. Name a men's retail experience. She's like, Bonobos. I'm like, yeah, you can't buy clothes at Bonobos. You go into the store and then you order them online. There are very few men's specialty retailers anymore. Nobody has clothes for men that you can go into the store and buy them in person if it's not a boutique. The whole commerce experience has changed. And so we're so overwhelmed with media that not only do you have to build awareness, then you have to build credibility, and then you have to focus with direct response. And and a lot of that, we're using digital as the workhorse, and we've sort of moved away for the most part from the previous channels that you were talking about, which is your television, radio, print, and out of home. Right. And I think there's a separation, a line in there somewhere that's age-related. That above the age of 60, there's this, and below 60 to 30, there's this, and then under 30, it's completely different as well. So people are consuming media in different ways and in different depths. Different volumes of media are being consumed, different channels of media are being consumed at different ages, and there's also different delivery mechanisms. And it's one of the big things that I want to talk to you. You are on part, you're an advisor for a company that's doing AI-driven newsletters, the Essentials newsletters. And that's one of the big things that is changing as well. It's not just sort of the passive consumption of media. Now consumers are asking for media to be pushed towards them. And that's what we're going to cover in tomorrow's episode. So that wraps up this episode of the MarTech Podcast. Thanks for listening to my conversation with Colin Kinsella, advisor to Essentials Newsletters. If you'd like to hear more of Colin and Essentials Newsletters tips to succeeding in the new media landscape, we're going to publish an episode every day this week. So hit the subscribe button in your podcast app and check back with us tomorrow morning when we talk about why big social is focused on newsletters. If you can't wait until our next episode and you'd like to get in touch with Colin, you can find a link to his LinkedIn profile in our show notes. You can contact him on Twitter. His handle is Colin Kinsella, C-O-L-I-N-K-I-N-S-E-L-L-A. Or you could visit his company's website, which is essentials.news. 
Just one more link in our show notes I'd like to tell you about. If you didn't have a chance to take notes while you were listening to this podcast, head over to martechpod.com where we have summaries of all of our episodes and contact information for our guests. You can also subscribe to our once a week newsletter and you can even send us your topic suggestions or your marketing questions, which we'll answer live on our show. Of course, you can always reach out on social media. Our handle is martechpod, M-A-R-T-E-C-H-P-O-D on LinkedIn, Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, or you can contact me directly. My handle is Ben J. Shap, B-E-N-J-S-H-A-P. And if you haven't subscribed yet and you want a daily stream of marketing and technology knowledge in your podcast feed, we're going to publish an episode every day this year. So hit the subscribe button in your podcast app and we'll be back in your feed tomorrow morning. All right, that's it for today. But until next time, my advice is to just focus on keeping your customers happy. Thanks for listening to the MarTech Podcast, and I hear everything production. Looking to launch or scale a podcast like this one for your brand? Then visit IHearEverything.com.